Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger. My name is Patton Oswalt. Hi, Patton Oswalt. Oh, what a crazy uh, week for, we've had. Yeah, for our new listeners, uh, we text each other a lot. Yes, we do. And that's why our podcast is called Did You Get My Text? And we've been texting each other even more because I'm still recovering from my stupid broken foot. Yeah, so he's downstairs <sighs> sleeping in a room because he can't walk upstairs to our bedroom. Mm. Poor guy. I'm thrilled by it. <laughs> I have the whole room Could to myself. Be it's happier. Awesome. Um, but we did just come from the doctor, and the doctor said you can start putting a little weight on yes. your foot, and you can start kind of walking. And we which... celebrated that by pulling up to the studio and then walking a block down to get some treats. Uh, and how do you feel? Uh, I feel pretty good. Yeah? It felt good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can actually put some weight on my foot. Um, didn't feel that good this week, and this will be a quick recap before we get into our uh, texts and subjects, but I flew to... Um, do some gigs this weekend in Troy, New York, and Buffalo, New York. And to get to Troy, oh gosh. I had to fly from L.A. to Detroit and then from Detroit to Albany. Now, when we left, um, and then I would I was supposed to get in Detroit very, very late, and I would sleep all day Friday and chill. We uh, take off from Detroit. Once we take off, once we, we have already taken off, I need to stress this. We are in the air. That's when the captain gets on and says, um, there's some heavy fog around the Albany area, and they've been flagging a lot of flights away, waving them off. But we think uh, we can make it. We boarded the plane early, and we're just going to fly out there and see if they'll uh, let us land. So basically, clearly the, the Albany airport had shut down, but either because of this guy's hubris or because of the airline saying – we can't, you know, we can't eat this flight. Or because the guy was like, why don't you get out there and see if you can land? But, okay. Anyway, tell the you story and then ex- then talk about it. Tell what happened. I, the whole story. But listen, you do not go. Obviously, we get to Al- Albany and he goes, oh, we've been, we've been waved away. We can't land. We so got to fly. Dro- so you fly all the way fly back. Fly back to Detroit. How long is that flight? It's an hour. So now I'm two hours in the air in, in a tiny, tiny passenger plane. Uh, and then I had to stay overnight in the airport where I basically got two hours sleep. I, I got a room at a Westin. I don't want to go into all those details. The thing that still gnaws at me just did. is the idea of a guy going somewhere to see if it's still open is like, oh, let's drive. Uh, let's go to 7-Eleven, see if they still have um, those glazed donuts this late at night. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But you don't take a plane full of people in the air. We're just going to go to Albany and see if they'll let us – like. I, I almost imagine being on the radio going like, look, we're all, we're up in the sky, man. Let's Come just on. Check it out. Just let me land. And then we had to totally turn back. I've, I've never had that, I had that happen to me on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I was flying to Aspen to go skiing and I got on the plane. I think it was like, I don't know how many hours, four mm-hmm. hour flight or I don't know how long it was, but whatever, it was a flight. And we got right over Aspen, ready to land. And it was like bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. And they're like, they sent us back to Los Angeles or where, I don't know where I was coming from. Anyway, and then um, we had to take a bus. So on New Year's <laughs> Eve, we they couldn't fly in, but they were ha- they had a, a six hour bus in. 
And that was my New Year's Eve. I spent flying there, flying back, getting on a bus, getting there. Uh, again, it just feels like this pilot was told all flights into Albany have been canceled. No. And, he, and, he, and it feels like he went, let's get up there. I'll charm him. I'll be able to charm him. I can guarantee you right now that's not what happened. They don't like just like, hey, I'm going to wing it. That's how it felt, though. Because, A, he didn't make the announcement until we were in the air. Right. He didn't say, like, on the ground. He didn't give anyone – no one was given the option, hey, you can ditch this flight, get some sleep now. And then we didn't get back to the airport until 1 a.m. Yeah, and but the, and guy, the flight – my next flight was at 7 a.m. Don't blame it on the pilot. The pilot didn't know. Oh, it feels like the pilot. It didn't, the only The only plus was I was now in the Detroit airport at 1 in the morning. Did you it just was, call it Detroit? D- yeah, Detroit. What, what do people call it? Detroit? You De- said Detroit. Detroit, Detroit. I don't know. Who cares? I don't know. I thought it was funny the way you said cares. it. Cares. It's sort of like I have a friend who calls it um, Trader Joe's. Well, anyway. Instead of Trader Joe's. <laughs> I don't know. No one cares. Um, <laughs> but I'm in the uh, Detroit airport at 1 a.m. It's completely empty, and I'm on my knee scooter. So that – for about an hour uh, while I tried to find the um, the hotel that was in the airport, that was really fun. I was zipping around and going down – the inclines, and that actually was kind of. I, I should have probably just stayed up all night. And roller just, skating, yeah, just roller skated around. Uh, so I spent the night in the dirty glove, uh, zipping around on my. Is that a is that a euphemism for Detroit? The dirty glove. No, I think that's the nickname for the airport. They call it the dirty glove. Really? I think so. Yeah. Huh. Um, that, at least a... that's what people tweeted at me. Like you're in the dirty glove. Wow. So I was like, all right. Um, so anyway, that was my fun, uh, Patton's fun home alone airport adventure, and I got to have. Um, Alice home alone by myself, and we had lots of fun, and we did lots of fun adventures, and we went out on our own little date to a cute little Aww. restaurant. It was lit by candlelight, and, and the music was so good, and she and I were like grooving to the music. It was like Marvin Gaye and like mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder, and nice. we were just having a good time. Groovy. She's well, a good date. Um, this got me thinking about um, things that are overhyped. Last week, a few episodes ago, we talked about things that we went along with and then realized, oh, we got, we, we followed the hype and it was wrong. Uh, there was a really interesting list on Reddit uh, that came out, and I texted this to you. 23 overrated brands that are all hype. Oh, yeah. I read through some so of these, these are and Reddit some of users. them I disagreed. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Oh, cool, Pat. So this is uh, the Reddit users talking about stuff that they um, – uh, so the first one is, of course, uh, uh, Panera, Panera Bread. Oh, God. I don't want to um, make any. I don't want to like get any brand mad at me or anything. But dear God, oof. We can. I, I'm. I'm fine with Panera being mad at us because I mean, Panera bread used to be really great, and it also used to be. I mean, they're known for their bread, and honestly, is this going to get us in trouble if we say what? bad things about something? No, because it the that that's like the worst bread I've ever had. Yeah, the, I don't know what they did to it. Um, it it tastes like yoga mats, and it. <laughs> um, they, I feel really bad, like calling out something. I really oh don't like God, it. Oh my God, poor yeah, poor Panera Bread, billion dollar a year uh, corporation. What are they out there with, with an eye patch holding a tin cup? They're fine. Okay, fine. They can take yeah. Oh my God, this <laughs> just cut to the cut to the CEO boardroom at Panera Bread. Uh, there's a podcast. Um, uh, it's not even in the top two hundred on the on the podcast chart, but. They said something bad. We are sending in our lawyers, guns blazing. What if Panera Bread is like the parent <laughs> company for things that we actually really like? Who can't, and then they, they're they are like, not the parent company of anything. And then they're like, you guys dissed our they're company. They're owned by someone else. Okay, well, whoever that is, I apologize. Okay, keep going, honey. Panera Bread, you suck. Come at me. Oh, gosh. Come at me, Panera Bread. Oh, the I hell can... do I care? Anyway, then they said expensive water brands. 
um, some of those are ridiculous. Yeah. Can I tell you something? What? A long time ago, I um, was studying Kabbalah. Oh, God. Okay. You know, I get into Hang these... on. I'm going to go walk into traffic. <laughs> you know, you hear about these things, and you kind of get into them, Jesus and then you get sucked Christ. into a rabbit hole. Anyway, I studied it for a long, long, long time, mm-hmm. and very interesting at the beginning. Towards the end, I was like, is this... Uh, this seems like a sham. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but they did sell Kabbalah water. And it was water that was blessed. Now, hear me out for a second. No, they do. I won't. They do all of these um, scientific experiments with with plants and water and and food. So they do all these experiments, and they they um, put like plants in a cupboard, and they put plants in the light, and then they have room where it's like both plants are in the light, but. One person, one plant gets yelled at like, I hate you, you ugly plant. And the other plant gets told like, look at you with your beautiful flowers. Stuff like that or whatever. This is the plot of Ghostbusters 2. And scientifically, they It sh- is. No. And the, and the cells that you can see the cells of either the water um, having I'm better. sorry. Did you just say the cells of the water? <laughs> the atoms or whatever. They have shown scientifically that the ones that get treated with love and all that kind of thing, that their molecules are, you know, better than the other ones. So if you yell at your water, it's yeah. not as nutritious for you. Yes, exactly. That is what Kabbalah teach, taught you. Right. So they sell water. Holy but shit. each bottle of water has been prayed over and blessed, and it's like $15 for a bottle of water. And I Was the, hang bought on. into that shit so hardcore, oh, I bought like God. a case of the water thinking this oh. is going to cure you of whatever. Anyway, what were we talking about? What oh, utter expensive bullshit. water. Also, by the way, the the any expensive bottled, filtered, whatever water you buy does not go through a, a third of the filtration process that your actual muni- municipal water supply goes through. The, the, like you are paying money for a brand name for I it bet does not if help you, you sat down with the people at Smart Water or any of those good water companies and they like explained why their water is better. You know, there there is good there there are better waters than others. There no. are. Yes, there are. They're like ionically whatever. F- Fiji Water, is it Fuji Water or Fiji? Fiji? Fiji is a completely evil company. Wait. They are water hoarders. How do you know? They are I, I will there's a podcast that goes into the whole history of the company. They are so beyond evil. Oh. Desani is owned by Nestle. The, I thought the, it was owned by Coke. Which is also Coke. owned by Nestle. Oh, see, or parent something. companies. Anyway, the, the guy that, that owns Desani is like, people don't have a, there's no human right to water. Um, he's all about buying up. Again, I'm, I don't want to go sound like some weird conspiracy guy, but the ne- the guy uh, in in um, the movie The Big Short that Christian Bale plays, mm-hmm. um, he took all the money he made off of shorting the American housing market, which was like $900 million, and he used it to buy up water rights because he sees what the next thing is coming. Yeah, it's going to be, be like water Mad shorted. Max. It's going to be like Mad Max. Waterworld. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing on the list is La Mer face cream, and that has been touted as the best face cream ever. Didn't you? I thought you had a thing of that. You did. You were given it and like Oh, yeah, gift someone bag. gave it to me. And or... then I was like, hey, you're just a dude. Can I have that? And you were like, I'm going to use it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know anything about. Anyway, it's face supposed creams. to be fabulous. Who knows if it's good or not? All right, uh, Kylie Cosmetics. Let's not talk about anything bad. Why not? What are you so afraid of? Because well, I've never tried it, and I don't want to. I don't want to uh, diss something that I've never tried. Um, okay, this is really sad. Stanley, this guy says it pains me to say it, but their tools these days are crap. I've got Stanley tools from thirty years ago, which are as good as the day they were made. But every Stanley tool I bought in the last few years has been complete garbage. I think that's happening with a lot of. Um, 
brands. They're getting bought out by either um, hedge funds and then uh, all they do is look at numbers and go, yeah, bring um, operating costs down so you get inferior product. And I've heard this about a lot of things that products made 30 years ago yes. are still great. My mom touts that theory because she has like the Singer mm-hmm. um, uh, sewing machine she's had since she was 16 years old. And it's like the best sewing machine she's ever had and like yeah. the Cuisinart or the, you know, all these things from a million years ago that she's, I've had this for 30 years. How did you throw yours away after two right. years? Yeah, that kind of thing. I think there's a lot of things now and, and this has to do with cutting costs. Apple and a lot of these companies, are they have now realized the benefits of building in obsolescence. You build in a thing that will start to break so that people have to buy a new one well, rather no, than you buy it and it just last your whole life. I mean, just what we did yesterday. We oh, both got – you had an old, 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 old iPhone exactly. that was so slow. So we finally upgraded and got new iPhones. And, of course, with the new iPhone, you also have to get a new charging brick that you plug into the wall. And because new, they've changed the shape of the outlet. Yeah, that's all the how they, shapes. I hate to sound like – but that's how they get you. And they're going to do it every single time. It's all – Built in, it's 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 user um it's user hostile stuff. It's all about well, this will keep making us money, and and you have nowhere else to go. And you have to use it. I mean, you're if you're going to get the new iPhone, you have to have a cord that actually worst. matches your plug. I remember in the late '80s, a friend of mine who knew things about cars. I do not know anything about cars, and I watch these YouTube videos of guys who know thing, men and women who know things about cars. Accompany someone answering a Craigslist ad, and they go through the car they're about to buy and go, nope, nope, nope. This is all you know, this. And I remember him getting very excited because he found an early seventies, seventy one or seventy two Volvo for Volvo. What? Oh my gosh, Volvo, Volvo, Volvo for sale. And he got so excited, and he went and bought it because he said there was a time when they built these cars to just basically never break, and then the company realized. Wait, this is costing us money because people will buy uh, one of our cars and they'll drive it forever. I had so a, he found an early '70s one, and I think he's still driving it. They just don't break down. I had a, I don't know what year BMW it was, but I mm-hmm. had it for like 17 years. Yeah. And when I was going to sell it, the mechanics at BMW were like, "Can I buy this from you? Can I buy this from you?" Yeah. Because it was like before all the computer stuff mm-hmm. was put in it. And they're like, it's so much easier to fix. It's less expensive to fix. These yeah. run better than the new cars. Da 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 da. I got so much money for a seventeen-year-old used car. Yeah. Oh, this guy paid big money for this seventy-one, seventy-two Volvo, and was it was worth every penny that he paid because I think he still drives it. That's awesome. So anyway, yeah, that someone needs to bring that back. Anyway, um, uh, I want to go through the list, but let's take a little break, and we'll come right back. Yay. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, we're back uh, with a list of things that some guy on Reddit clickbait. I don't even know what this is from. It was it was all these Reddit users, and they were just chiming in about things that they like or don't like. And I just want to that... give a caveat to just yeah. say 
there's all these stupid lists of articles where people mm-hmm. diss things or praise things, and yeah. none of them really mean anything, and they're all one dude's opinion, and they also just want clicks. It's not one dude's opinion. It's all these users. It was they were adding to the list. So it's a, it's a multiple, it's a multitude of people. Right, but a multitude of people is often a mob, and they can go after things for no reason just to be naysayers. The the reason I picked this list is it actually seems reasonable. I don't know why you are being so nervous about this. I'm not nervous. Let's just jump into the list, okay? We can jump into the list, but okay. I just want, I'm not nervous. I just Number six. generally don't like dissing things, but go ahead. Scientology, and we invite them to come <laughs> after us no, 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 with no, no, their no. lawyers, guns blazing. No, that's a joke. That's Meredith saying that. That's oh not on God, the list. Oh, my God, I'm going to murder you. All right. Um, number six, anything that requires both a one-time hardware purchase and a subscription model can fuck off to hell. And I... <laughs> I agree with that. Did they? They didn't write that. They actually did. Oh, I, I turned six. my. I stopped looking at the list because I figured you just say it and then I would go. Oh, for God's sakes! Okay, here's another one. Um, this is an example of uh, much like Volvo, much like um, your Cuisinart stuff. Um, Harley Davidson. I have a lot of friends who are motorcycle people, and they've. And again, I don't know anything about He's motorcycles. He's reading from the list. He does, yeah. Yeah, I'm reading from the list, but what I'm saying is the, the the things is everything with the name on it is absurdly overpriced, and I have a lot of friends that I know that. Um, are into motorcycles, collect them, and they have told me that too. That also that they don't have as much power. Uh, they look like these big, heavy things, but they're not. It, again, it's like it's like banking on the name rather than the actual product. Well, that said, a lot of people uh, use the name of their product, and you're paying for the name. Like if you mm-hmm. buy a diamond ring from Tiffany's, it's yeah. going to be twice the amount of a ring you could buy elsewhere of the same quality yes. diamond or whatever just because you're buying a tif- the Tiffany's exactly. name or the style that. of the thing. There's a great um, uh, movie, William Friedkin movie called The Brinks Job with uh, Peter Boyle and, and Peter Falk and they <gasps> it's Peter about Falk. the first robbery of a Brinks truck and at the time Brinks was this you cannot take down a Brinks truck. They had this reputation of you know the most secure the most armored the most armed you do not rob a Brinks truck, and then Peter Falk's character, and this is all based on fact, started casing out a Brinks uh, factory and realized, oh, it's, there's, it's just, it's all hype. There's no one here. We can just take this whole place down. And then they did one of the, at the time, the biggest robbery. They stole so much that it actually um, impeded them because they had too much money, and they're like, we can't fence all this. It's, it's like now we're in even worse trouble. Because it was such an easy thing Can to knock over. Can you imagine having too much money? Oh, yeah. God, that'd be awesome. Okay, here's one. Um, Champion. And this is um, the person that wrote this says, I swear I used to buy it at Kmart way back in the day, and I was considered the poor kid. Now their sweatshirts are $59.99. Um, I remember a lot of – there's a lot of brands like that that I don't mind buying nice, cheap stuff. And then somehow it either becomes a trend. fashionable or becomes a trend, and then it goes to the roof, which is, makes me worried because I know that you love Old Navy so much. <laughs> or, and you also you love H&M. But if those somehow get trendy for whatever reason, you're, the things you love are going to shoot through the roof, and you're going to get all pissed off. I mean, I love Old Navy because it's super comfortable, but also because it's not terribly expensive. And I think the reason why people love it is because of those things. And I don't think it's like... Yeah, I think but I hope that Old Navy remembers that about their product because ch- I, I used to wear Champion stuff all the time. It was durable, it was cheap, lasted a long time, and for some reason, they're now not they're not uh, cheap, and that's it's it's costing them. Michael Kors, everything has their logo one hundred percent covering every inch. Even if you like the quality, who the hell wants to walk around like a billboard? Oh, putting 100%. too many logos yes. logos on something. I there are some things that I absolutely love, but I do not like having labels on things. Yeah, or too many. 
Or like just have a little discreet one, but not everywhere. Yeah, but like, okay, here, here's a great example. Mm-hmm. I love Old Navy, <laughs> but I'm not going to wear a sweatshirt that says Old Navy. Right. And they have sweatshirts and T-shirts that actually say Old Navy. Oh, they do? And I'm like, who buys those? Wow. Why does somebody want to walk around with it? And I really like I get it. it. No, yeah, yeah. So why? I just, uh... That, it, But then there's all the Nike pe- – I mean Adidas, you know. Uh, then exactly. you're like, this is cool because Run DMC loves it. Yeah. Um, this guy uh, writes, I'm going to get hate for this, but Jeep. Everyone I know who has a Jeep doesn't shut up about how great it is, but it's also in the shop 40% of the time. I can't really speak to that, uh, though I do. I will say I've ridden in Jeeps, and they always feel very uncomfortable. They're, they're, it's like they're not built for human comfort, and, they, and, it, and also it feels like it's always going to tip over. <laughs> I'm laughing because I agree with you because I've been in many a Jeep and I feel like I'm going to fall out and it's terrifying. 11, Dr. Dre beats headphones. Luckily, the brand is dying out. Absolutely shitty equalized signal to make it sound more bassy and big. I've never tried them. Have you ever heard, I've listened never, to them? I've never, never tried them. Producers, Some people say they're great. Producers and DJs and studios using them for mixing are absolute Muppets. <laughs> don't ever diss Muppets yeah, on my podcast, Don't use Muppets as a derogatory term. Ever. Muppets is the best thing you could aspire to on the planet. Okay, so this is interesting. Number 12, Versace. Definitely the most prolific brand in consistently making expensive clothes that nobody with a bit of taste would ever wear. Well, not nobody with a bit of taste would ever wear, but people who are interesting, like J-Lo wears mm-hmm. that green Versace dress, and you're like, gosh, damn, she looks amazing. But like the regular person like me is – Yes. I'd rather – you know, I'm not going to wear that dress. Yes. I've said this about um, watching – if you watch the first um, – the only season of uh, – no, the first season of Luke Cage on uh, – now it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Mahershala Ali is in the early episodes, um, and he is wearing these goddamn suits that look so – Fucking amazing! And because he's gorgeous. Because and he has he's a great body. wearing them. Right. Not only does, is he gorgeous, his face is shaped he's in a way structure. that just makes anything he wears look amazing. And all I could think of watching those episodes was, people are running out to get these suits, and they don't realize. No, if you don't look like Mahershala, don't put those on. You're right. not going to look good. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's stunning. So yeah, maybe yeah, you're right. Versace maybe makes clothes for a certain kind of person to wear that of look course. amazing in. Yes, but maybe just you like, don't wear it. Just like Alexander McQueen, he's like an artist, and his stuff is so incredibly beautiful, and artistic, and and um, flamboyantly, uh, just exquisite dresses. Mm-hmm. But you have to be on a red carpet to wear Alexander McQueen. You have to, right. you know, some yeah. doing something special. You're not just walking around in his clothes. Here's something else I can't really speak to, but I've heard people say this. Uh, friends of mine who uh, who imbibe like I do. Gray Goose, literally all branding. The product itself is mid to bottom shelf quality at best. We've talked about this on the show. Sometimes something has a name on it that, you know, is known to be high priced or whatever, but then the product isn't all that good. Um, there are certain – I won't name them. There are certain single malt scotches that people swear by that – and I'm a, I'm a single malt guy, and I don't think they're that good. And there's a brand out of friggin' uh, – outside of – somewhere in Oregon called McCarthy's. They make a single malt – um, copper, um, it's called copper still, um, brew. anyway, it's so good and it's so cheap and it's so much tastier and better than a lot of these high price brands. Right. Hey, McCarthy's, um, if you're listening, we'll totally send us some stuff. We'll be a sponsor. Um, my, I love your stuff. My stepmom loves Grey Goose and we got into a, really? we got into a thing because 
there was word on the street, man, <laughs> that Costco had their own – Costco has their own brand. Like Kirkland does yeah. – um, anyway, and Kirkland had their own vodka, mm-hmm. and word on the street was it's the same vodka that they bottle oh. separately. And and they also have a champagne that's mm-hmm. like $8, but it's the same as Veuve Clicquot or whatever like that. Right. Um, and I was going to do a taste test with her and be like, okay, I want to buy the Costco brand nice. and I, her brand. And she would have none of it. She's like, I like Grey Goose, and that's just how it is. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, but wouldn't you like – I had that $8 champagne. Yeah. It's delicious. Right. Uh, But here's the problem. You can't go to a friend's house with an $8 champagne from Costco and be like, here's your hostess gift, even though it's just as delicious. Now, I did it. I did bring it to my friend's house the other day, but it was my birthday. Yeah. Because she did a little outdoor birthday cheese plate thing for me. And she's like, should we have champagne? I said, I'll bring the champagne. And I brought my little $8. (laughs) Because pour what you like to drink at your birthday. If you like it, pour that. Right. But my point is... Tastes exactly the same as yeah. the Veuve Clicquot, but it was $8 from Costco, and you certainly are not going to go to someone's house and be like, hey, look what I brought you, because it's mortifying. See, with me, beer, vodka, tequila, champagne, I can't speak to because I don't like the taste of them, but a single malt scotch or a red wine, I actually enjoy the taste, so I can tell when something's off or something like, oh, this is just, they sold this because of the name. This actually doesn't taste good, whereas... But everybody has different taste buds. Exactly, some, anyway. yeah. Anyway, Supreme. It's literally just shit with a name on it. And oh it my somehow, God, it somehow turns a basic hoodie into a $400 one. Yes. Here's one I agree with, and this is actually kind of tragic, because this is, this speaks to the, this... This speaks to the Stanley Tools thing, okay? Doc Martens, low quality and high prices. I had a pair many years ago that lasted for over a decade, as did I. But I've gone through three pairs in the last four years. The soles were out super quickly, planned obsolescence. And though they look good, I won't walk around with holes in the bottom of my shoes. Nor can I validate purchasing another pair unless they do a massive overhaul of their quality control. God damn it. I had Doc Martens all through the 90s because I was broke. And it was a pair of boots or shoes that lasted forever and were super durable. And I've heard. Did you wear Doc Martens? I'm just picturing you. Was this the 90s? Yeah. Were you a Doc Martin kid? Yeah. But I mean, I, but I wasn't wearing Doc Martens because of the of the of fashion. I needed something that would. Like a work boot. I needed a shoe that would last me for a few years because I had no money coming in. I was right. making eight grand a year. I had to like, okay, here, this is my pair of shoes. It's oh, all baby. I have. So, um, and they were friggin' amazing, and I have friends, um, friends my age, who are still love Doc Martens and still wear them, and like, yes, something happened. They, something, they did some kind of weird downsizing or something, and it's not the same. It's like when Twinkies changed their formula. Yeah. From the 70s till now. Yeah. It's not the same flavor Twinkie. But apparently used Doc Martens, 20-year-old used Doc Martens, actually go for pretty good money now in um, uh, thrift and... Uh, um, uh, retro vintage stores because they they still last. Huh. So it's like they're like early seventies Volvos. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we're back. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know what was really fun about those last two segments? <laughs> what? It was a really cool list that we could use to spur a conversation. Totally, I agree. So with why you, not another list? Let's hear another list. Well, the readers of Rolling Stone decided to pick the best 
lead singers of all time. Oh, goodness. They picked Yay. 10 of them. Oh. Now, I'm just going to read the 10. We're not going to, I'll read them, going to read them out. And then we'll talk about it. Then we'll go in and, and then we'll also talk about a, a bigger thing with this list. And I, I don't want to be, I'm not being woke. This has nothing to do with wokeness or inclusion. It has something, something else we're talking about here, but here we go. Okay. And and keep in mind, these are the readers of Rolling Stone. Right. A lot of aging boomers. Keep that in mind. A lot of aging boomers. Okay. Not a lot of young um, TikTokers are picking up Rolling Stone these days. Here we go. Number one, Robert Plant. Ooh, my favorite band. Number two, Freddie Mercury. Love him. Number three, Bono. Yep. Number four, Mick Jagger. Love him. Number five, Jim Morrison. Number six, Roger Daltrey. Number seven, Eddie Vedder. Number eight, John Lennon. Number nine, Chris Cornell. And number 10, Kurt Cobain. Hmm. That's quite a list. 10 white dudes. Now, yeah. and I don't want to do the whole. Oh, Wait, it's what 10 was wh- the topic? 10 white dudes that are great? No. <laughs> yes. They're, they picked the 10 great white dudes. No. Um, they picked the best lead singers of all time. Oh, okay. Which, okay, guys, all these guys are good. Yeah, they're all great. I'm not putting great. any of them down. They're all great, but the list, it's too hard to do. To just pick ten because there's so many talented ones, and then also like. But really? also, if you're talking about the rarefied air, there there are some people we could easily swap out here. Okay, um, Robert Plant absolutely deserves the spot he's in because he harnessed. He was the conductor on a locomotive of sound, basically. Yeah, he amazing number one for sure. And, and also from basically from the fact that he had to complete, he had to compete vocally. With Jimmy Page's guitar, with John Bonham's drums, yep. and with um, uh, John Paul Jones's just that mysterious, beautiful, um, eldritch bass he was playing. Fine. Stay where you are, Robert Plant, you old British weirdo. Um, He's literally, they're my favorite, Led Zeppelin's yeah. my favorite band. However, I would, uh, I would, this is just my opinion, um, I would put Freddie Mercury over Robert Plant. No. Yes. I would have him be number one. Okay, well, everyone's got different. His tastes. vocal range—amazing. His—it uh, was ridiculous. But I wouldn't put him over Robert Plant. I would just say they're all great. Number three, Bono. He's good. He's great. Okay, I might swap him out for a one of those glaring omissions on this list was Janis Joplin, who was a she was a band unto herself with her voice and if anything if you listen to take another little piece of my heart people what people forget about that is the band on that is horrible they sound like they've rehearsed once and have gotten together she is completely delivering the power of that song if you listen to the band behind her go listen to that song again cuz everyone remembers yeah take another little that is a hard rock and song no it's a hard rock and vocal and the band behind her it just sounds like someone is pushing all their equipment down a flight of stairs, oh basically. Okay. And she's incredible. So yeah. I would, and 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 also not just for one song, for Cry Baby, for um, um, uh, uh what is it called, um, Mercedes Benz, where, where basically she's a cappella and is amazing. So um, I would put her up there. She belongs on that list. Lead singers. Okay. All right. Mick Jagger for sure, hundred percent. Well, yeah, because not only for the voice, but just for the whole attitude, for the whole like, yeah. I am keeping the focus here. Prince, yes, Prince on the Revolution. Prince, come on. Yeah, I mean Prince, a uh, lead singer, 
Especially because he's I mean, come on. guitar, performance, Everything. dance, vocal. Yeah, Prince belongs up there. As does Tina Turner. Hell fucking yeah. Now, I know that a lot of people would say, yeah, but she's R&B. She, did, she was her own category, basically. Right. And if you watch the beginning of the documentary, Gimme Shelter, there's footage of her opening for the Stones on that on an earlier tour. And my... All you do is you watch this and you go, I, I can't that that shows you how powerful the Stones and Mick Jagger were that they, that that was their opening act and like yeah we'll follow that. I mean, no other they, band would want to follow are that. Are they talking like lead singers of? Because I mean, there's Stevie Wonder. Is it like Stevie Wonder and the band, or is it just Stevie Wonder? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, then if we're talking about individuals and, and and personalities, then yes, a Tina Turner, yes, a Prince. Like in terms of focusing. You yes, know. a Marvin Gaye. Yes, I mean, there's yeah. so. I mean, there's a billion. We, the greatest artists of all time. There's so many. It's just that's that list is just short and white. That's all. It's like you, baby. It's short and white. <laughs> um, Jim Morrison. His vocals were good in the studio, but live he was a mess. He was half drunk all the time and Bob taking Dylan. his penis out. Bob, but Bob Dylan was the anti. It was an era lead singer. He was, was more, more about of an era like. I'm not even going to engage Bob the audience. Bob Marley, come on. Yeah, there's just so many. But uh, that was, I mean, again, look, I love Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder, but their whole thing was, Eddie I don't, but I don't want to be a lead singer. Like I don't uh, want, like, like uh, they they have that anti. I well, don't want to be the front man. Right, but guess what? They were, and second of all, people love them, so that's why they're on the list. Who else would you put on there, though? Nika Costa. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of our best live performers. Um, what about like a uh, um, a Joe Strummer, like someone from the like from the punk era, the Clash, or or, um, or Johnny Rotten? Just in terms of like creating what a persona. About Phil Collins. What about uh, you know? No, well, I mean, no, Duran no. Duran. They're not lead singers. They're together. That's not. I don't no, know. There's not, a million. Simon Le Bon was more like a. ELO. I don't know. Everybody's good. Cat Stevens. I mean, these are singular people, so I don't know if you consider that lead singers. The the, the chemistry of being where the lead singer is an instrument unto him or herself. Right. That focuses attention. Right. I got you. you. Again, that's why, look, um, Roger Daltrey and Mick Jagger and um, Robert Plant both belong – all three of them earned their places because of what they had to compete with on stage. Imagine you're Roger Daltrey and you've got – Keith Moon behind you. You've got fucking um, uh, Pete Townsend windmilling his arm. And then you've got Entwistle doing that mysterious, like, not moving, but, again, drawing focus. And you've got to somehow carve out your own place. Absolutely, you deserve where you are. Yeah. There's a lot of people that could be on that list. Great discussion. So – you guys uh, leave us some fabulous speak pipes, which we love to play on the air, but you have also sent us some amazing emails, and we are going to read them and respond. Yes, you have sent these wonderful emails to hey, did you get my text at gmail.com. And this one, as we are recording this episode, our um, uh, episode has dropped the one where we talk about the insane clown posse and uh, Monica Lewinsky. And th- I'm about to do, uh, do a post about it where I'm going to tag the insane clown posse and Monica Lewinsky in the same we did post. Talk about I'm them very in our last excited. Episode. And they are actually related our, in a great way. And I mentioned uh, Fago. The insane clown posse and Monica Lewinsky are related? <laughs> no, in, in terms of subject matter, yes, there is connective joking. tissue. I was just kidding. Also, she's their aunt. Now, um, <laughs> so here, this is one from uh, Jamie Rogers. 
And the subject is Fago. I mentioned Fago. Fago is a soft drink favored by uh, the Insane Clown Posse and their Juggalo and Juggalette brethren. Hey, Patton, don't knock it till you try it. Fago Red Pop and Rockin' Rye are the best, quote, cheap Michigan sodas you'll ever try. Drink it. Don't wear it. Jamie, that's in reference to they oftentimes spray it on the crowd. Yeah, it's like a Gatorade sitch. It is, except it's carbonated. You know what? For all I know, Fago is delightful. I'm not a soda guy. I don't know what it is about my taste buds, and I don't like any kind of carb. The only carbonated thing I like is a ginger ale, and even that, I like it when it's a little more towards flat. Really? Yeah, I just carbonated stuff. There's something metallic and weird about it. And Our daughter feels the same way. She doesn't like, don't like it. She doesn't like carbonated. I do. Yeah. I, you you like a nice soda. I like a seltzer. You like a nice seltzer? I'm a nice Jewish I, girl who likes a seltzer. I'll never, there's a comedian named Brett Leak out of Richmond, Virginia, and he talked about, it. He, he, he had a, there was like corrosion on his car battery and he took it to the mechanic and the mechanic cracked open a can of Diet Coke and just poured it over the terminals on the car battery and just, it ins- instantly dissolved all the corrosion. And then Brett was like, I've been putting that in my mouth. So that's kind of how I feel about soda. But if you love Fago, absolutely go for it. Let's hear another email. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, here is a message from Dave Gallen. And Dave Gallen, right. um, well, the subject is difference between a crow and a raven. This is going to be useful. I thought you'd appreciate this explanation because we talked about crows and ravens a few episodes ago. Ravens are generally a bit bigger than crows with a larger bill, slightly different tail shape, and therefore a different pattern of flight. Oh. But an easy way to tell is by looking at the feathers on their wings. Pinions are the feathers at the tip of a bird's wing that allows it to fly. They are also the ones that people will trim to prevent birds from flying away. Crows have five pinion feathers while ravens have six. Oh my God. Ravens are also generally a bit larger than crows. So if you think about it, it's really just a matter of opinion. Get it. Cheers, Dave. Dave, I, chief operating officer at Puns Are Us. Um, he didn't say whether, uh, you know, there's murders of a murder of crows. What is a, ra- uh, you know, wrangle of ravens? What is it? We don't know. Oh, what would that be? A lurk of ravens? What would they be called? Um, One of our producers is looking it up right now. And while she looks it up, we're going to read one more. I'll read it. Okay. Hey, Patton and Meredith. I have serious foot surgery this month. So my husband got me this knee wheeler called a knee rover off Amazon. It was about $300. Note the big sturdy tires and the good basket on the front as well as the brakes. This one folds up. You just take the basket off, flip a lever on the column, and press a button to make the handle fold down. I really got angry when I heard the airlines people totally dismantled your knee wheeler, then would not help you reassemble it. Yeah, I got angry too. This (laughs) ought to be a violation of the Disabilities Act, and whoever did that should be fired. I hope you complained. Well, Myrna... We did complain because that is bad. And um, they just uh, sent us an email that said sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were just like, sorry. And that was it. Sorry. Our but, bad. Um, we actually did try to buy a good knee wheeler off Amazon with good. Oh, I think we got the exact same one. You sent a picture. Mm-hmm. And we tried to assemble it. And for some reason, some it of the seemed pieces. very dicey. Some of the pieces didn't fit together properly. And uh, we had to return it. But, uh Yeah. Pretty uncool that they tried to disassemble a thing that we needed. Yeah. And the one that I use, which, again, was loaned to us by the lovely Miracle Lori, is a a basic Walgreens model, and it has served me very well, and I love it. I love it, too. It's fantastic. Okay, Meredith. Yeah, Patton? There is 
a name for a group of ravens. There are, in fact, two. A wrath of ravens? No. Ravens? No. Nope. Hmm. A riddle now, of ravens? On. So you know that it's a murder of crows. Correct. There are two possible names for a group of ravens. I love, I love these. I love these. Uh, should I read them out to you? You want to try to guess one more time? Read them to me. An unkindness of ravens. Oh, weird. Or a conspiracy of ravens. I love that. A conspiracy. I love a conspiracy of ravens. A conspiracy of ravens. That is fantastic. Um, I have looked through those names for all different kinds of things, mm-hmm. like a gaggle of geese and a yeah, flock of yeah. birds and all that kind of stuff. And there are so many fabulous names for them. Do you have a favorite? Because I have a favorite. What's your favorite? The the name for a group of jellyfish. What is it? A smack of jellyfish. Really? Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> oh, I... Isn't that great? That's so great. I was writing about Republicans, and I had come up with a word for them, and now I can't even remember what it was, but it was in an old tweet of mine. Oh, my God. Um, well, um, anyway, those were some great messages. Thank you so much. And um, send more. As always, to hey, did you get my text at gmail.com. We'll read them out on the air. We should think of a way, like some kind of we don't we have no merch. We should think of like a thing we can send people, like a <laughs> like a, a coaster gift. or a I mean what we gotta we gotta figure out some merch. There's some podcasts you can literally hear them as they're talking if some phrase lands, they're like, Oh, that's going on a t shirt or that's going on a Oh, I like a, that. There's a great podcast called Double Threat with Tom Sharpling and Julie Klausner, and they did an episode where they were saying, We're gonna try to break the world's record for coming up with phrases that can be put on merch. Uh, just in one episode. And it was hilarious how they were, it changed the way they were talking because they're now they're being very self-conscious of like, what's a funny thing I can say that we can slap on a mug or something? You know what would be a good thing to put what? for our merch? Did you get my text? <laughs> <laughs> well, the name of the show is a given, but like, is there some phrase that has come up like... Oh, dear God, Patton. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that, Kyle? Did you get that, Kyle? Did you get that, Kyle? Or like one of just you holding your hand up because you want to make a point. (laughs) Just me trying to get a word in. Yeah. I wasn't listening. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. (laughs) I got some picks for you, and then we're going to get out of here. But I also have a pick before you start. Go ahead. Let's hear. Um, Hang on. Nope. Don't even try. Meredith's mission to tell you that she has picks. Or what if you what if you don't like something all that much? But so we can call Meredith. Meredith's meh. Meredith's meh. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, (laughs) eh, I would say meh to that. But as all of you listeners know, I do love myself some Dateline. Oh boy! And there have been six episodes of Dateline. Just of Dateline. Of Dateline. Regarding this one particular case of this woman named Pam who, like, killed her best friend and, like, took a life insurance policy out on her. Jesus. Anyway, they made it. Wait a second. I'm sorry. She killed her best friend to get the life insurance. Correct. So did did the friend name her as the beneficiary? Wouldn't wouldn't a family member be the beneficiary? The family member was a beneficiary. And then six days before she died, somehow Pam became the beneficiary. yikes. Um, which I want to ask questions about in one second. But um, they did uh, – Dateline has their own – or MSNBC or whoever airs it did a new uh, scripted content series with Renee Zellweger as the star. And it's called oh. The Thing About Pam. Wow. And so I've been watching it because it's it's good. Wow. It's about it's – a, it's a scripted series about that 
crime, like and a limited she plays thing. the killer, I And Renee it. plays the killer. How many episodes are you in? I think I'm into, th- I think only three have been released so far. Oh, okay. It's in the midst of being released. But I and just what wanna... platform is this on? Who knew it was on Hulu? <laughs> anyway, it's really good. Um, I like those kinds of shows. But this is a question I have. Mm. How can you take an insurance policy out on someone mm-hmm. without them? Like, you can just take, like, I could just take an insurance policy out on Kyle if I felt like it. Yeah, like, do- doesn't. Doesn't the person have to agree? Insured have not only that. Don't they have to sign with a witness or right. have to be no? So you can't take an insurance policy on someone you don't know, but apparently you can because they do it all the time. Dateline. I'm telling you, there's a million people who just take out life insurance policies on people for no reason. So there are people out there who don't know they have a life. Correct. Insur- really? Yes. That seems very creepy. Like you might have ten life insurance policies on you, <laughs> and like one. So I'm somebody's lottery ticket. Right, and then they say to Pam. <laughs> Pam, did you have an insurance policy or whatever? And she's like, yeah, for $10,000. That's not enough to kill someone. But she has like 10 of them. There's a comedian friend of mine named Bill Dwyer who's had a great joke about this like a few years ago. He goes, yeah, my, my wife and I just took out insurance policies for each other because mm-hmm. we're married now. And he goes, so now it's just a waiting game. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. All right, so go go check that out, Renee. And Renee Zelliger, star of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A New Generation, uh, her and Matthew McConaughey. That was an early film they did right before they be- both became massive stars, and it was just going to get dumped, and then suddenly they, and then they got this big release, and their agents were like, why did you do this? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, wow. Okay, go look for that. Um, the Thing About Pam. Uh also, that's the name of a show on the cooking channel. Get it? Uh-huh. But no, really, if you guys know why you're allowed to take a policy out on someone that yeah. you aren't related to who's not sitting next to you signing it. Email like, us at hey, did you get my text at gmail.com and or just explain speak, it. or send a speak pipe. But if you spend, send a speak pipe, um, brief, to the point. Well. We love your speak pipes, but sometimes, you know, interesting what you Some people take a long time. Yeah. But. Yeah, just tell us because I'm really curious. Because, you know, Kyle sitting right there. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is push him down a flight of stairs and I get some <laughs> Kyle money. <laughs> get some Kyle bucks. Kyle bucks. Um, okay, some quick picks. Comics uh, Demon Days by Peach Momoko. This is a Marvel comic. This artist and writer named Peach Momoko is redoing, it's like ta- Marvel tales with Marvel characters, Daredevil and the X Men, but told as if they were ancient Japanese folklore and myths. So the art is beautiful, um, pen and brush and watercolor, um, and it kind of, it, it's, it's, it's Marvel superhero tales told to the prism of uh, Japanese folklore and samurai and demons, and it's just gorgeous. Even if you don't, this is one of those comics that the dialogue and plotting is great. Even if you didn't, care about what anyone was saying that just the artwork is beautiful to look at just each page is so gorgeous and it's one of those things where I might I'm gonna you know a lot of artists sell their originals online and I might buy a couple because the colors are just beautiful so uh, Demon Days Peach Momoko that's available from Marvel Comics um, movies okay this is gonna sound a little weird uh, we were just at South by Southwest and a movie that I was in called I Love My Dad won the Grand Jury Prize for First Narrative all, Film. Yay! Yes. Congrats. And it's awesome. It's really a good movie. It was very weird. Um, it, the movie hasn't come out yet, obviously. It showed at South by Southwest, uh, written and directed by a stunning young upcoming talent, 
uh, named James Morrissini, writer, director, actor. Um, you can currently see him on the uh, Sex Life of College Girls on HBO. But he is also a writer, director, and wrote this movie. And I had not really – I saw like a rough cut on my laptop that they sent me, but then watching it in a theater. Beyond me being in it, it's just a really well-made movie. This kid knows how to shoot stuff. So, yes, I am picking a movie that I was in – that won the grand jury prize because it's one of those movies that I'm so glad I took a chance on it. Whenever I can, whenever I have enough scratch in the bank and I can afford to not make money on a project and I can support someone up and coming um, like with Big Fan and this and another project that I'm doing with this guy, James Burkett, I, I just always love rolling the dice on that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but that's what makes a career fun. Right, and 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 not knowing if it's going to work. I mean, exactly. You're like, I have no idea if this is going to be good or bad. Well, especially because the script subject is like, if this goes off the rails and we don't land it, it's not that we won't. It's not that it, the movie won't work. The movie is going to fall apart in this spectacular, legendary but fashion, the, which is also great. The way he chose to film it was so clever yes. and unique and incredible, and you just have to see it. And the truth of the matter is, I am very critical of you. Yes. And I was like, oh, God, please let him be good. I just, I'll die if he sucks. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, God, I hope he's good. I hope. And then I was like, oh, my God, you're so talented. Yeah. I, like, I, ha- I had a newfound um, respect for you because you're really wonderful in it. and um and and it's just legitimately a great fun film to watch, like edge of your seat. And also, there's a a gorgeous girl named Claudia. Su- How do you pronounce her last name? Claudia Saluski, who's drop dead gorgeous. Yes, and it's like her film debut, and she's so talented. She can act. Now here's the thing: like she can genuinely act. When you Thank see God. when you see a gorgeous girl that gorgeous, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, she's pretty. No wonder right. they cast her. She's pretty. She's so good. Yeah. And she's such a great little actress, and I'm so proud of her. And, like, I can't wait to see how her career goes because this yeah. was her big, big, big first movie. And she clearly likes making weird choices and is is, is drawn to interesting material because I'm sure – that I mean, she has a bazillion Instagram followers. I'm sure she's been offered stuff and was like, eh, boring. This clearly made her go, oh – Okay, like to choose this script as your film debut shows that you have a sense of aesthetics and risk that's going to take you a long, long way. So it's, it's it's very exciting. Yes, I got to be in a good movie, but it, but even more than that, I got to see a young director starting out. I got to see who I think is going to be a, a, a major, not just even movie star, but a genuinely great actress. Oh yeah, starting for sure. out. So those two things are very exciting for me to get to be a part of. Um, the bittersweet thing, of course, is. Um, and Meredith can tell you this, when you're at a film festival with a movie that you're in, you don't get to see other movies. And there are other movies that were there. Um, the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nick Cage, we didn't get to see. We didn't get to see um, the new uh, movie by the Daniels. Everything, the, everywhere, all the time. Oh, God, I want to see that so badly. And we didn't get to see Ty West's new movie, X. And our friend Doug Benson was there and went got to see all those movies because he basically did a couple of shows and the rest of the time just spent it just watching movies nonstop. You know what other movie you didn't get to see? What? The movie that... Oh, um, I didn't get to... And, and Meredith is in a movie called The Prank. Starring Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno. Um, and uh, you were doing a lot of press when my movie premiered, so you weren't that there. That whole morning was a press gulag, and I didn't get to go to your premiere. Ours was fun. 
Ours yeah. is cute. It's a and, cute, and, it's a cute um, movie. And Meredith, um, as uh, and if you'll know from the reviews, the star of a Werewolf in a Woman's Prison. Oh my God! Please, is, um, please, please. That's okay. Half the, the world <laughs> doesn't know that joke, you guys. But what, now they know it. Well, now they know. Uh, <laughs> the reason why he just said that is because. Um, all of you probably know about the internet movie database, imdb.com. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can go and find out uh, a film and the entire crew and who wrote it and the director and the whole cast and blah, blah, blah. And every actor has a page on IMDb as well. And so mine has all my credits. But right. it just also happens to have a credit that I am not in. And they say um, I go by my alias, Meredith Giagrande. Who, what? Why on earth would I suddenly have an alias in the middle of my acting career as Meredith Grande and some— Well, look, that is the alias you use as an art forger, but you wouldn't also use it as a, for your acting career. Okay, ha-ha. You keep those separate. In any event, some really lazy reporter mm-hmm. did a review of the prank. And you know when you do a review and you kind of say— Pat Oswalt from Young Adult and Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman and Brad Pitt from, right. you know, uh, uh, Patricia Arquette from True Romance. And you're going to say Meredith Salinger. You're going to go, Meredith Salinger from, like, I don't know, The Journey of Natty Gann Some, or Dream yeah. Little Dream. Something people know. So this idiot reporter wrote <laughs> Meredith Salinger from Werewolf in a Women's Prison. I'm A, not in that, don't even know what it is, and two billion points later, it's by a chick named Meredith J. Grande. But also, and it's I in the for- middle. It's in the middle of your IMDb. That guy had to search, like what? It, and it's like who's it took even effort heard of- for him to get it wrong? How did he? And and for years, like ten years at least, I've been trying to get IMDb to remove that credit because you have to go through a whole rigmarole mm-hmm. to like get them to remove something. Right. A friend of mine said that she had to show her marriage get her marriage certificate <laughs> to get some random dude uh, uh, to not be her spouse on this thing. <laughs> so um, they're just slow. And finally, yeah. I finally, after this dumb reviewer put the wrong credit for me, I, I called them out on Twitter. And I was like, IMDb, I've been trying to get rid of this credit for a thousand years. And they finally removed oh, it. Oh, it's removed? It's removed. But there's an article that says, Oh, God. Rita I Moreno just, from West Side Story, ooh. Meredith Salinger from Werewolf Mer- Mer- I oh, I just paid, I just deep faked your face into that movie uh-huh. to even out your IMDb. Shit. Okay. I got to, if I can get that money You're back. You're so dumb. Um, what other picks do you have? Well, Pat the other, by the ten. way, there's two other movies that I was sent screeners of from South by Southwest that I didn't get to see when I was there. But I did get to see an early screening of a documentary called The Thief Collector, uh, produced by Joe Latiano. Um, who happens to be married to Glenn Howard, who you starred in AP Bio with. Yes. And this movie is one of the weirdest true crime, or is it, documentaries I've ever seen. And it's currently at 100% on. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't. I don't want to talk about it because there are surprises that you need to experience. Uh, there's another documentary that won the Grand Jury Prize for Best Documentary uh, that I met the filmmakers of, and they gave me a little giveaway from it. It's called The Pez Outlaw. Oh yeah, you got a little. And Pez I dispenser. got the screener, and they gave me the Pez dispenser, and that one Best Documentary at South by Southwest. So I'm dying to see that. I have the screener. I get, can't wait to see that. Um, finally. Music. Um, I have. I went back down a rabbit hole. I have these three uh, CD collections: "Girls in the Garage" volumes one through three, and these are um, from the early '60s pre-punk, um, just local, regional 
bands that got just enough money to cut a couple of tracks, and then people have collected these over the years and put them together. It's called Girls in the Garage, women doing some genuine, like, hard rock, pre-punk, pre-grunge, but in the mid-60s. Like, when, the like, girl groups were like, you know, I like my little lollipop. I mean, this is just like, wow, you can't cool. believe, yeah, and, and it's, a lot of it is, it's like, really cheap, lo-fi recordings which make it sound even better there's one group called denise and company that's not their real name it is a mystery group no one knows who it actually is they came in they recorded this single called um uh take me as i am and then they left and forgot to take it with them and this thing sat in this recording studio in like ohio or wherever cleveland for like years and then someone found it no one knows who this group is and they're amazing this song is called take me as i am and it's one of the roughest like how do you even find it the, someone, the, this was collected. There's a, a company that is called Girls in the Garage, and they collect all these and put these compilations together. Oh, so random people singing. Collectors and stuff. I see. And no one knows who this is. And it, the, the song is punk before punk, where it's like, yeah, I cheated on you. I'm going to do it again, and you're lucky to have me. You know who it was? Who? Rita Moreno. It was Rita Moreno. Uh, also groups like the Continental Coeds, the Coupons, Pat Downey and the Vistas, um, Karen Varos doing a really good cover of Donovan's You Just Gotta Know My Mind, um, Lynn and the Invaders doing a really spooky song called Boy Is Gone, and and Up Down Sue, which is a single by a group called Loved Ones, L-U-V apostrophe D. Um, and that it was a band um, that was run by a woman named Char Vinedge. And um, her, um, she is this unsung hero of early uh, girl um, uh, kind of feminist riot girl stuff. Um, and you can get all of her songs on a, a compilation called Truth Gotta Stand. The stuff is amazing. Girls in the Garage, Volume 1 through 3. And also go um, hunt down Char Vinedge. She's a hero. She died too soon. Um, those are great picks, Patton. Thank you, Meredith. I think we should come back again next week and talk about more fun things. You're, it's, it's crazy, but you know what? I think that might work. Let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, bye, guys. See you next week. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Starburns Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.